Hey guys, welcome back to the Wisdom and Stuff podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Boucher, and this is where we cut through the Christianese and tradition-based thoughts that hinder us from the limitless lifestyles that we as actual children of God are designed to walk in. So let's go ahead and dive into the Word and see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Okay, well, welcome back. This is Wisdom and Stuff Podcast. This is Daryl Boucher, and I uh, just want to welcome back Robert Shuffleline uh, to the podcast. Welcome, Robert. Right, thank you. Uh, we've been talking about uh, the temptation and sin and just overcoming that, displacing, uh, I guess, our our perceived needs that fuel uh, sin with the love of God, basically. Right. And, uh, and to dovetail with that, though, we wanted to get into... Um, really an identity thing because it's always about identity. You know, mm-hmm. instead of striving, you know, for things, uh, we need to live from the truth instead of striving for the truth. And, uh, and that requires us to, to have an identity uh, and have an understanding of our identity. Um, like when I woke up today, I am not striving at all to be, you know, uh, a man, you know, or whatever. I, I know my identity, you know, and so, yeah. um, and so I'm not, I'm not striving at all to, to walk in things that I know that I am, and yeah. uh, and instead everything I'm doing is from that identity instead of striving for that identity, and uh, and I might be growing in that identity and I might be maturing in that identity, but I'm not doing it to become that identity. Right. I'm doing it from that, and so I think knowing. Um, knowing that that whatever we're doing walking out in the things of God it should come from being seated with him in heavenly places come from being complete in Christ come from bringing a new creation in Christ Jesus and the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus instead of trying to attain to those things and so identity is a big part of it but the the foundation of that identity is of course being a son or daughter of God, being a child of God, right? Right. So that's what we're going to get into today is uh, being a child of God. Um and so uh, with that, uh, you know, even even with that, you know, is, uh, you know, why why is that aspect even? Why does that resound with you? Why is that important to you? Or why do you think that is something that needs to be stressed? Um, I, I just I feel like too many times we don't really know what it means to be a son or daughter. You know what it means to be a child of God, and and in, instead we end up being more of a servant of God. You know, right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, um, uh, with that, I guess what, you know. Really, what you know, even in talking about that, what do we? Because we know we're, we're we we serve God. We know that, right? Right. <laughs> but we're not servants in the class of servants. Right. So there's a difference between serving God from sonship versus serving God from a class distinction. Yeah, and and, and so too many times we turn it into like a duty or an obligation, and instead of um, you know, from, from a place of, you know, who we are to God, we, we, we see it as, um, you know, our, our, we have to fulfill our calling so that, so that God will love us or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Right. And I think that's what's, I think one of the best verses that, um, really, I guess, helped me in that aspect is when Jesus was baptized, mm-hmm. uh, and here he is in the river Jordan, all that stuff. And then John the Baptist baptizes him. And, uh, and he, you know, he comes out of the water and we know the spirit descends upon him like a dove and all that. But then it says that the heavens open and then that God speaks, right? And he says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Right. And so at that point, Jesus hadn't done anything. Right. In his call. He'd done nothing. 
And so he hadn't, he, you know, he hadn't even had any miracles yet. He hadn't, he hadn't done anything. This was literally the beginning of his ministry is him. He hadn't even gone up and been tempted by the devil yet. He hadn't done any of that stuff mm-hmm. yet. And yet God's position toward him is, you are my son and you're pleasing to me. Yeah. And it's like he wanted, number one, he wanted all of the, everybody to heal that hear that obviously he didn't just speak it to Jesus heart right. <laughs> he spoke it to so he wanted to be a public announcement and he wanted also to them to understand that everything Jesus was about to do was coming from that foundation mm-hmm. it was coming from the foundation of I, I uh, you know I am I'm the child of my father my father loves me and my father's pleased with me and right. that's what fuels his obedience yeah, and, and that statement showed that um, you know God loved him independent of the calling. Yeah, and, you know, and so so God loves us independent of what He has called us to do. Yeah, we our fulfillment of our calling is not what makes Him love us. That's true, and that's it's 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 cool because you know His calling on us is like you said it's it's not a a job description to earn His love. Right. Uh, it actually should be the opposite. It should be understood as a gift of his love right that he's we're co-laboring together with him Mm -hmm. and he's asking us he's asking us and inviting us to do something that's eternal (laughs) right how how amazing is it that the god who created the universe wants to partner with us wants wants our help in all of this wants us to do this with him yeah you know we get the privilege of of you know changing things with him Yes, and and knowing, I think I think one of the aspects of that is knowing that until we understand sonship, because uh, it says you know we you know we talked about in Romans chapter eight, Galatians chapter four, it says that the Holy Spirit is always crying out in our hearts that we are children of God, yeah, that we are sons of God, and um, and that we are crying out, Abba Father. We should be crying that back, right? We should be crying out. We should be crying back, Abba Father, as a response to what the Holy Spirit is crying out in our hearts. And so the Holy Spirit could be emphasizing lots of things, but it doesn't say he emphasizes lots of things. It says he emphasizes one thing, and that is that we are sons of God. Because until we get that, we will basically uh, almost pervert everything else right. through right. the wrong filter. Right. That's, that is the foundational piece to understand first, because we everything we do is operating out of that sonship. Yes, exactly. And that's... and. Um, and, uh, you know, as we've been talking about the love of God displacing things in our life, I don't really believe that we can receive the love of God um, naturally without understanding sonship, without understanding that we're children of God. Yeah. Because children naturally receive their parents' love. Mm-hmm. It's not hard. <laughs> children don't even question their parents' love. They're like, what? <laughs> you made dinner for me? <laughs> it's like, I can't believe it. I mean, that it's 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 a natural response for children to be loved by their, their parents. Yeah. And it's natural for a child to to receive that love as as um, as a right, you know, not because of a sense of entitlement like like we know it, but as a right. I mean, love is a right. Love is a if it's a right for me as a child to be loved by my father, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and so that's why it's unnatural for a mother or a father doesn't that don't have parental, you know, like. You know, they don't, they don't love their children, Yeah. you know? And so it's unnatural. Everybody knows that. They're like, well, that's just weird. You know, it's weird to not have a maternal role or a paternal role in your child's life. And, um, and so there's an unnatural thing going on there. Uh, and it's, uh, and so for us, 
for us not to know that he's our father and not to know that we're his children, um, that, that makes it hard for us to really, to receive his love Yeah, and how big his love is because, you know, we're only going to, and I say this a lot, but we only, we only freely receive what we believe we deserve. Mm-hmm. And so if, if, if we don't believe we deserve it, we're not going to freely receive it. We're right. going to work for it. Right. Or we're going to disqualify ourselves from it or something. Yeah. Or we're going to go, or we're going to have a debt mentality toward it, you know? Um, but if we, if we freely believe that we, 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 we deserve it, then we're going to freely receive it. And that's how God always intended it to be with like, this is freely receive, freely give. And his love is infinite and his kindness is infinite. And his, his, you know, his, it says that he daily loads me with benefits. You know I mean, <laughs> this thing is infinite. Mm-hmm. And for somebody who's not his child, we would wonder why. Yeah. And so that's why we put works on it, right? Right. Because we're like, well, it must be because I'm doing this and this, or, or he's going to give this to me when I do this and this, or yeah. whatever. And so it, it becomes a works thing because we don't know that we are literal children of God. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, it's just huge. It really is. There's something I just want to add into that. I mean, there's there's so much that we're going to keep going into this, but I just I don't want to don't want to catch you off. No, go ahead. Okay, because <laughs> um, I know I can talk. Um, but uh, so with this, um, I, I once again, sonship. Even like what you're t- you're saying that um, uh, one of the coolest things that 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 I think happened in the in the word was like when you were saying how that your 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 calling does not earn his love in any way. That there's two separate things going on, right? Yeah. So his love is what calls you. It's not a. It's not a result of his love is not a result of your call yeah. being fulfilled. Um, but his your call is or is a byproduct of his love for you. And uh, but with that, um, uh, you know, I mean, there's so much we can get into this. But uh, I think when Jesus, you know, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and uh, and um, when he, t- when he tells his disciples, tells Peter, tells his disciples, he says, Hey, don't you know that I could ask the father right now, right now I could ask the father and he would send legions of angels to come and actually deliver me. And the fact that he says that is so huge to me because we know Jesus didn't lie. Right. Mm-hmm. So he literally says right now I could ask the father <laughs> and literally the father would send legions of angels to come and deliver me out of this means the father would have done it. Right. He would have done it even though it was it would mess up his plan, even though it yes. was not his will. Yes. He still would have done it. He would have done it. And so, yeah, you know, I mean, Jesus is going, listen, if I just ask the father, he would actually go against his will, go against the plan of redemption, and he would just deliver me out of this. And so you, when I, you know, the one time when I was reading that years ago, and I was like, man, this is so cool because it just shows me that the father's the father's worth of Jesus was not in his obedience to his call. Yeah. It was in his sonship. Yeah. And when we understand that value and worth are not tied to our call, they're tied to our relationship with God and our sonship with God, then we do everything from a very from a place of unbreakable worth. Mm-hmm. And that's how we fulfill our call. <laughs> you know, we do it because we know that our worth isn't tied to that and that our value to God is not tied to that. And so God's like, I mean, Jesus is like, hey, he'll just do it. He literally would throw all of humanity under the bus just to come get me because he loves me. Yeah. Oh, man, that's a huge thing to think about. And it, it, I know it messes with people's brains, but it's okay. We just have to realize that this is, you know, that, you know, that being a son of God is, 
it, it means that that you know the, the father loves us and values us um at 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 his birth of us when we be, when when he actually spoke us into being when we were created in the secret place it says you know in psalms it's like we're, we're creating the secret place and we're fearfully and wonderfully made yeah and we weren't even made on this earth we were made in the secret place right and that's when our value and worth was established mm-hmm. and, and and it says that you know all the days of our lives were written in his book like yeah. before he had even created the world that's you right. know that just shows how much he values us because we were the big deal. Yeah, we were. We are the big deal, and yeah. that's and that. Now, once again, to an unrenewed mind, that can that can turn into pride, right? You know, but to a renewed mind, then you understand that that's just that's that that is a mark of humility, to say, for me to say that that I'm valuable to God when, um, when my past experience would never validate that. You yeah, know? I have to humble myself to that. I have to humble myself to what God thinks instead of what my mind is telling me or to what my past is telling me or what the world is telling me or even sometimes what the church is telling me. Uh, I have to humble myself to God's value. And and sonship, um, I mean, think about it this way. Okay, um, uh, well, the, the scripture that I was reading, what was it? Um, let me go back to it here. Okay, so this is in John 5. And... Um, and this is this is where really people get bent out of shape about being sons of God, right? Because Jesus, he said he was the Son of God. Yeah. And um and uh now they were fine with him being a prophet, a good teacher, even a miracle worker. They were mm-hmm. okay with that, you know. They didn't like that he healed on the Sabbath day, you know. But but for the most part, they let it slide, right? They're like, okay, you can be a great teacher, you can be a prophet, you can be yeah. a miracle worker, you can be a good man, you can even be somebody who fears God, you can be a religious leader if you want to be, whatever. But then, uh, there there was a, a line that he crossed that the religious wouldn't allow, and it was when he says he's the Son of God. Yeah. And, uh, and that's still today, the religious mind still won't accept sonship with God. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so he says here, um, uh, verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 18, says, Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Because uh, that's the line that nobody wants to cross. Yeah. You know, they don't want to say that they're equal with God. Now, in, in, once again... Uh, this is not about equality in, um, you know, and I don't even, I don't even want to step up. I don't want to step back from that very much because otherwise you just find a religious excuse not to be the son of God in a literal sense. Um, but, uh, but what I want to do is I want to understand, I want us to qualify the fact that equality means same class. Yeah. He made us in his likeness and in his image. Right. And that was not a new concept that started in Genesis, right? <laughs> and so that was what God said. Uh, you know, he what's cool about that is like he, if you read through Genesis one, he he speaks to the sea and he tells the sea to bring forth the fish, right? And it says, and the sea brought forth the fish. Yeah. And he speaks to the land. He tells the land to bring forth all of the the, the uh, you know the plant life and everything, and the land produces it, right? And then after he does all of that, you know, for, and then on the sixth day, he what does he do? He goes, let us make man in our likeness and in our image. So who does he speak to? Himself. Mm-hmm. I love this. It's like he speaks to the sea and he speaks to the land and then he speaks to himself. And he goes, we're going to do something <laughs> different now. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to actually bring something out of us. Yeah. And so he brings something out of in his likeness and his image. And... Um, and this is not this is not a matter of Adam and Eve being God. We know that. 
Right. But they were in the, likes, the same likes as the image of God. They were in the same class as God. And so even in my in the natural world, um, you know, my dad, of course, he passed away last year, but when he was on the earth, uh, uh, you know, I was in the same class as my dad. I was never going to be my dad. Yeah. We're different people. But I, I'm just as much a human as he is, even though we're different. Mm-hmm. But uh, same class. And that, and that class... The imp- the reason why that's important. There's a lot of reasons why it's important, but one of the reasons is because that's the only way you can have true communion. Communion means you come in on common ground. Yeah. And you come together and you share a same space is what it means. Actually, it's it's a shared shared space, and you can't have communion with something outside of your class. So it's like if you have a dog. You can have a good time with your dog. You know, you can play fetch, you can do the whole thing, whatever. There is a sense of companionship that people get with their animals. Mm-hmm. There's no true communion, though. Right. I'm not going to sit there and talk about the higher things of God with my pets, you know. <laughs> and uh, so there's no true communion there because it's a different class. Yeah. But God wants communion. Yeah. He didn't want He didn't want a labor force. Right. You know, and, and going back to John again when the you know the Pharisees would say oh Abraham's our father yes right and and, and it, it just goes back to identifying as a servant again and not as a son and, and being able to have communion it goes back to you know working for God yes. and not working with God yeah yeah and that I think it goes even back to I think obviously the part of the, the root of that is sin consciousness again right yeah because sin is separation and so sin consciousness says we can only get so close to God. And yet righteousness means if I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, like the word says that I am, then that means if somebody asks him, where is his righteousness? He points to me. Yeah. Gah. <laughs> that's like, that means I am as right as Jesus is right. Yeah. Because that's what righteousness means. Rightness of being, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's a class, it's a state of being, not a behavior. And, um, uh, but having that sin consciousness, uh, the unrenewed mind, it, it's impossible for the unrenewed mind to accept sonship uh, because it equates it to servanthood. You know, right. it, it equates it to, okay, now what do I have to do next? And so every promise of God in the Bible becomes something on my checklist to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and every every everything that he says I am. I mean, the Bible is not a, a it's not a book of rules and regulations or even of of job descriptions or anything else. It's a it's it's actually a description of me. Yeah, it's my description. It's who I am. And uh, and it's um, but that sonship is so important because now think about it this way. Um, uh, why? Okay, uh, once again, the Jews they knew that if you say you're the son of God then you're saying you're equal with God. Mm-hmm. People hate that. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but God doesn't mind it at all, right? He, he doesn't have any problem with it. In fact, in Philippians, it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, that 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 uh, thought, it rotten, thought it not robbery to be called equal with God. Right. He goes, you need to think this way too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not robbery with God to be called equal with God. It doesn't hurt God's feelings. It doesn't threaten him. He's not insecure in any way. He actually wants children. Right. And children, he doesn't want insecure children who come to him on bended knee and say, oh, just give me my next job list for today, and I'll run out and do it and try to please you, Father. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're supposed to have an actual, genuine relationship of sonship with with our Father. Uh, but with that, I think, um, I think of Star Wars, right? And what's the classic scene uh, with Darth Vader 
right? In Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Right? What's the line? Luke, I am your father. Yes, I am your father. Okay. And uh, now, did you ever see the movie or do you just, do you just know the line? You're that young. You probably never saw the movie. I don't know. Uh, no, I've seen the movie. Okay. Okay. Um, but uh, you, do, you, do you remember the, um, the response of Luke when he said that? No. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. He's like, ah, no. I mean, he's it's freaking impossible. out. Yeah, there's no way. Now, why was it impossible? Why did it shake Luke that much? Um, well, because this was his enemy. Mm-hmm. And this was, to him, the epitome of evil, right? He's Darth Vader. Yeah. He is He is on the dark side. Yeah. Right. He is the he is the poster child for the dark side. Right. He's Darth Vader, and so this is his arch rival enemy guy. And and so now, if 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 Darth Vader, who is evil, the epitome of evil, says, "I'm your father," suddenly there's a lot of things you have to think about. Because number one, you're trying to kill your father. That's not a cool thing. But number two, and I think that the the bigger revelation of it is, if you're my father and you are evil, then there's shared nature here. Mm-hmm. Then I have to question who I am. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's what was trying to be come across to Luke, from Luke's position was like, you can't be my father because if you're my father, I share your nature. Yeah. And therefore, there's something in me that could be evil too. And now on the reverse side of that, if God is my father, mm-hmm. then nothing in me can be evil. Is that right? I mean, because right. there's no evil in him right. at all. There's no darkness in him at all. And so if God is my father, nothing in me can be evil. And so that's what challenges the religious mind because they still have habits and stuff that they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they're like, well, that can't be true because I still sin. But it says, in, it says in 1 John 3, it says that, you know, he who is born of God cannot sin yeah. because his seed remains in him. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't line up with people's experience. But he's saying your spirit man is born of God. Yeah. Your flesh still has the capacity to sin, but your spirit man has no evil at all. Mm-hmm. And living from that identity is, I think, you know, obviously the key. Otherwise, the Holy Spirit wouldn't tell us every day that we're children of God. But living from that identity, I think, is, is the key to, once again, allowing God to love us at the highest level without debt, without works, without anything, um, and, and also displacing uh, the perceived need that we talked about in the, in the last cast. Right. And then that makes then Jesus not our example, but our reflection. Yes. Because every action we take to try to be like Jesus, that very action is saying that we are not like Jesus. Yeah, exactly right. And that's, I think that's a huge truth when we begin to see it, that Jesus is not our standard. Uh, now he's in other words, he, like when we say standard, we usually imply something to live up to. Yeah, right. <laughs> something know? to attain. Something to attain. Exactly yes. right. And yet, if he's my reflection, then I can look at him and know who I am instead mm-hmm. of who I need to become. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there's a lot of frustration uh, and disappointment, all kinds of stuff in the body of Christ because people are still trying to attain to something. Right. Instead of live from something. Instead of living out of their identity, they're still trying to become that identity. Yeah, exactly right. And they have, you know, there's this an identity issue crisis. I mean, we right. we see that in the in the natural world today. There's a lot of identity issues, mm-hmm. and well, it's also present in the body of Christ. You know, and it may be manifesting differently, but it's still an identity issue where people are, um, you know, people are 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 you know misidentifying themselves because they're like, well, if I sin, that must be that must mean I'm a sinner. Yeah, that's not true. 
It just means you're a righteous person who sinned. That's yeah. all. You know, and it's it's like you can you can change that sin as easily as you change your shirt. You know, but I'm, I'm wearing a black shirt today. That's not my identity. That's just what I have on. You know, yeah. but but when people start attaching behaviors and 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 temporal uh, attributes to their identity, then they don't understand that they're children of God. Right. And yeah. Right. And behavior is facts, and facts change. That's but right. identity is truth, and truth is absolute. Yeah. And and the, the more. And that, then that's a great, great understanding that, you know, facts change, but truth will never change. And the more we, the more we humble ourselves to truth, Jesus said, when you know the truth, what did he say? Truth will make you free. It'll make you free because you already are free. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so he's like, the truth is you are free. Yeah. He doesn't say when you become the truth or when you attain yourself to the truth. He goes, when you know the truth, yeah. then you'll know that you already are free. Yeah. And this is not something you need to strive for. It's just something you walk out from humility of saying, well, I don't care if I just if I just did a thousand things that look like bondage, I'm still free. Praise God. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to live from that place yeah. and and give God glory for setting me free instead of uh, instead of the woe is me and let me crawl around like a worm uh, and and not act like a child of God. He doesn't God doesn't need any more servants. Right. He has a whole angelic class that are all servants. Mm-hmm. And we're his children. And uh, and and the angels are even there to serve us, right? They're they're, they're ministering spirits sent forth to serve those uh, to minister for us. And so the the angels are a servant class. Uh we are the 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 royalty class. You know, we are the children of God, the children of the king, the children of God himself. And to be able to I think I think one of the things we have to do is is take the time to um, really meditate that truth, not just accept it or agree with it mentally, but to sit down and take some just some time. And I don't care whether it's 10 minutes or something like this, but just take some time and say, what does that really mean to have my literal father be God? Yeah. Not figuratively, not just in a spiritual heavenly context, but what does it literally mean? Because Jesus... He was my reflection showing me what it means. Yeah. And and like I said, they, they, they would let him do miracles, but with the moment he said he was the son of God, they're like, oh, no, now we got to kill him. <laughs> and uh, uh, But just that, that literal, you know, what does it really mean to be the son of God? And I, 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 one time I was driving through, I don't know, Wyoming or somewhere, anywhere across the country, and I was just praying. And I was just talking to God, and I was just, I was just meditating the fact that he was my father. And I just said, Father, and I was just saying, God, you're my father. And I was just meditating it, because the Holy Spirit says, cry out, Abba, Father. So I'm crying out, Abba, Father, and I'm just meditating it. And what he just, he rose up on the inside of me, and the, the truth that rose up, and he just said, he goes, if I'm your father, then nobody else is. And that just changed everything, because then I'm like, oh, then all these negative things that happened to me in the earth, none of them are my father. I don't draw my nature from any of them. Yeah, I don't draw my supply from any of them. I don't draw my love from any of them. I don't. None of them. I don't draw my protection or my safety. I don't draw anything from any because none of them are my father. Mm-hmm. I have one father, and that's my father God. And and that seriously broke some things in me in that moment. I'd been saved for a long time, but that literally broke some things in me that I could feel changed the way I began to position myself in prayer, in in just my life, and just everything I did. But it comes from that sonship. So it's a it's just a huge deal. Yeah. But anything you need to add on that? Uh, nope. 
Okay, well, we're going to wrap it up right there. And uh, just, man, uh, thank you, Robert. We'll have a couple more casts with uh, you and Amy and whoever. And uh, anyway, we'll, we'll go from there. But praise God, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are our Father. In reality, we are children of God. In reality, we draw our nature. We draw everything from you. In reality, we are not of this world as Jesus is not of this world. And I thank you, Father God. Just, just show us. Show us what that means. Father God, allow us to walk that out in truth. Allow us to walk it out in simplicity. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on Wisdom and Stuff. Don't forget to subscribe to get new updates and check out our podcast page on Podbean to find all our previous posts and full-length messages. We'll see you next time and have a blessed day.